Welcome to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com, the show that's here to make the topic of taxes fun and interesting while providing great advice for individuals and small business owners on how to mitigate their tax liabilities. Now, here are your hosts, Craig and Belsis Smalley. Good afternoon, listeners, and thank you for joining us on Tax Avoidance is Legal. I'm your host, Belsa Smalley. And I'm your host, Craig Smalley. And we are now in week nine of our show, and as usual, we're very excited to be with you live on the air. Um, when we started this nine weeks ago, we decided to challenge ourselves with making the topic of taxes fun and interesting, and I think we've done a uh, halfway decent job so far. I think uh, with every week, we get a little bit better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, we do. And that's always a good thing because <laughs> it's yeah. not always not always easy to talk about taxes and uh, and keep things exciting. But we we strive to be informative, and um, today's show is no different. Do you want to tell them what yeah, we're going to talk so, about today? Yeah, absolutely. So this week we're going to be talking about federal tax lien. So this is like a big deal. There's, you know, I, I was reading a statistic the other day. There are literally ten thousand liens that are filed a day by the IRS. Did you know that, Belsis? No, I did not know 10, it was that. Yeah, 10,000 filed per day. That's 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 amazing. So we're live on the air, and we're happy to take calls. And the call-in number is one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. So I also want to let you know that you know we realize a lot of you guys are at work and you know we're dealing with a lot of confidential things, especially something like a tax lien. Nobody wants their neighbor to know about that. So you're also welcome to e- email us at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com and we'll answer your uh, your emails on the air. Now, before we move forward, I just want to stress that the advice given on tax avoidance is legal is general in nature. Craig W. Smalley, EA, and CWSEAPA, LLP, and their associated entities cannot be held responsible for the advice given on this radio show. Uh, we always recommend that you consult with your tax and or legal advisor. And our uh, attorney loves it when we read that. He absolutely, he, he is smiling on us right now. I'm sure he is. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, it's true, you know, and not, no advice is a one size fits all. So it's always of best for, you, for everyone out there that's listening to uh, take everything we say in and then go ahead and consult with their, you know, their absolutely. tax professional. Um, but uh, we can be found on the Internet. We have a website, uh, www.taxavoidanceislegal.com. And uh, as Craig mentioned, you can email in your questions throughout the week to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. I also check that email box as we are live on the air. So if you haven't had a chance to email us all week, uh, feel free to do so um, while we're on the air. And we will do our very best to get to the show, uh, to get to the question during the show. And if we don't get it answered live on the air, we will still follow up with you. Um, our show is sponsored by CWSC. APA LLP, and we are a nationally recognized brand of accounting, tax, and financial services. Uh, you can always reach CWSCAPA um, by giving us a call at 1-844-CWSCAPA or 844-297-3272. And also by uh, Tax Crisis Center LLC. We are the nation's premier tax resolution firm. And Tax Crisis Center can be reached at 1-855-IRS-2911. 
So, Bells, today is absolutely beautiful, but we all know it's, yeah, it is. I got to let you know something. So, we're in Orlando, Florida, right? And usually by this time, it is miserable out. And it's been miserable until today. And today is a beach day. And I woke up this morning and I was like, you know, I just want to go and get my wife up and go to the beach. But, you know, we had to go to work, which is horrible. I mean, it's a crime to have to work (laughs) on today. It is 75 degrees out and somebody has sucked all the humidity out of the air it's beautiful but we all know what's going to happen tomorrow summer will be here yeah well don't tell people up north that i'm sure they would love to have a a taste of summer there (laughs) well i'll let you know what's really funny you know obviously as everybody knows i watch a lot of cubs games and you know to see it still be cold somewhere is really you know sort of funny so um you know our main office is in orlando florida and um i know it's just may but you know like i said we will be in the 90s by tomorrow. It'll be humid and it will be horrid. Yeah, and that reminds me, where is uh, our summer apartment that I was promised up north somewhere? Okay, so in an <laughs> ideal world, this is kind of funny because snowbirds, when it starts snowing up there, you guys move down here. Well, we want to reverse that. So during the summer months, sometime from May till what, the end of October, it yes. would be ideal if we could live up north. Okay, oh, so yes. um, that that would be ideal. The summers are bad in Orlando. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're bad. They're just very intense. So, you know, Bell says, you know, I do this. When a client comes down here, you know, sometime in the winter months, they always say, this is such a great place to live and they want to move here. And I always mm-hmm. tell them, come visit us in July and August and let's see if you still feel, you know, still feel, feel that way. Yeah, it can be pretty nasty in those months for sure. Yeah, well, what's horrible is people save for years and years and years to come on vacation to Orlando. And, you know, but, you know, when they get here, it's blistering hot. And I can only imagine because I've been up north in the summer and it's beautiful. Um, And I know that, you know, we were in Chicago one summer and they were saying it was the hottest day on record. And we were outside at the cafe eating because it was absolutely beautiful. But, you know, when they come down here, I mean, you know, I can only imagine it's just, you know, but and then it rains. Every single day, it's our rainy season. It rains what two o'clock every afternoon, two three mm-hmm. o'clock. It rains, but you know we like it because it cools down. Well, speaking of Chicago, uh, you know, and uh, speaking of that little summer uh, place, I want to get. I I am still waiting for that to happen. I I expect a summer apartment somewhere in Chicago. Well. How many times do I have to tell you this? There's absolutely no business reason for us to be in Chicago. We can live in Wilmington or the surrounding areas or Henderson, Nevada and the surrounding areas. I mean, hello, this, this show is called Tax Avoidance is Legal. I'd like to make our summer home tax deductible. Oh, yes. I'm so happy I am married to a tax professional. Well... Well, we just so happen to have offices in Orlando, Henderson, and Wilmington, so we can live, you know, part-time in one of those places. And why exactly can't we have an office in Chicago? I mean, come on, you want want to see your cubbies. Yeah, but we've been over this. I mean, the codes and the regulations in Chicago would make things a whole logistical nightmare. Plus, Illinois doesn't have tax advantages like Delaware and Nevada. And then we have the Illinois state income tax that we would have to pay as a part-year resident. Oh, my Lord. As I mentioned, I'm very, very happy that I married an accountant. (laughs) Well, I'm really sorry, sweetie. 
All right. Well, if we're not going to talk about my uh, summer home in Chicago, then I guess we should get to the topic, uh, federal tax liens. So, um, you know, when, when we were prepping for the show, obviously I knew, I know a, a bit about tax liens uh, because our business, Tax Crisis Center, deals with people that have tax liens. But for those who are out there listening, Craig, why don't you go into a, uh, explaining a little bit what exactly is a tax lien? Well, yeah, in, in the most simplistic form, basically a tax lien occurs once, once tax is assessed on you and if you don't pay that for X amount of time, then the IRS will come in and put a lien against you. Mm, okay. And, um, you, 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 you know, you use a lot of, uh, jargon. So why don't you explain to those listening, uh, what exactly does it mean to have a tax assessed? What does that mean? Okay. Well, that's a little complicated. So it's not just owing taxes. That's not what it is. It's not just owing taxes. So when a tax is assessed, that's a very important date that we'll come back to later. But when a tax is assessed is typically when you've filed your tax return and you owe money on the tax return. And then when the IRS gets wind of that, they will assess the tax. And the day that they assess the tax, the assess the tax is very important. But um, assessing the tax is just the IRS basically saying to you, you, you owe us money. That's basically what it is. Okay. And it could be, and it can also, you can also have tax assessed if you go through an audit and, you know, you go and it's not favorable for you. Like last week we had talked about audits. It's not favorable for you. And, you know, you go through the whole appeals pro, you know, and all of that. At the end of all of that, the IRS can also assess taxes and then they can assess taxes if you didn't put all of your income on your tax return. So it's not just simply owing the IRS, but I guess in the most simplistic, uh, way it would be owing the IRS. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, you know, um, I do have a, uh, you know, I think it's important to explain to people well, uh, why are liens so important? Why did we make that our topic today of discussion? Well, you know, Liens are really important for for a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, a lot of times liens get filed against people and, and you know, they can affect your credit. They're public information, so um, anybody will find out about them. And anybody with a tax lien will tell you that there's they're probably getting postcards from tax companies. They're probably getting um, all kinds of things. This is all public information. And remember last week, Belsis, about the question from that person that wasn't opening IRS letters? Do you remember that question? Oh, I certainly do. Not only do I remember the question, but we've had quite a few folks who've come into our office with that same situation where they're getting letters upon letters from the IRS and it kind of scares them, I think, and they end up kind of just stockpiling them in a corner somewhere and trying to ignore them and don't even bother opening the letters, which we talked a little bit about last week and how dangerous that can be, um, not opening those letters because you, you know, there's oftentimes deadlines associated with with the letters and if you don't act on them, then it could affect your rights. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's every time the IRS is sending you a letter, you know, they get, they start off nice. Well, I I guess they're never really nice, but (laughs) they start off, you know, you owe us this and then 30 days go by. So they're on a 30 day cycle. So the next 30 days come by and it gets a little sterner. The, The letter gets a little more stern and then 30 days go by. It gets a little more stern. And then eventually you have to start signing for them. They come certified and that's a big deal when things start coming certified. So, 
Um, but basically, it's just the government trying to get your attention. So why tax liens are filed is the government will tell you is to protect the government's interest. But in all reality, Belsis, they're just trying to get your attention. That's all it boils down to. They just want your attention. They want you to pay the taxes that you owe or make some sort of arrangement to do some things. But there's a bill out there and the IRS isn't going away. It's almost like owing money to the mafia. I mean, they're not going away. Absolutely. So definitely, if you're out there listening and you've got a little stack going of IRS letters that you've been avoiding, uh, you know, this is a good time to kind of uh, pay attention to that. Start uh, opening those letters. Uh, don't let it scare you because uh, the worst thing is ignoring them and then finding out there is something that you could have done um, or your, your situation could have been less serious uh, had you acted in time. Um, yeah, and last week we – sorry to interrupt you, Bells, but yeah. last week we talked about um, taxpayer bill of rights, the rights that you have. With every letter that comes, you lose rights. So, you know, you don't – the last thing you want to do is go before the IRS and have no rights. If you, The worst thing that I hate doing is representing somebody that, that doesn't – their rights are gone. I mean, they've lost a lot of their rights because they just haven't opened a letter, and, and that's just, you know, basically it. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think this might be a good uh, spot for us to break uh, for a little um, brief moment. Um, I want to remind everyone that we are live on the air, and you can call in with your questions. Um, our call-in number is one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, or you can email us your questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal dot com. And uh, on the other side of the break, uh, Craig will discuss some more about tax liens. At Tax Crisis Center, LLC, we solve tax problems for a living. If you have a tax problem with the IRS, you've probably been inundated with postcards and letters from different tax resolution companies all over the country. Tax Crisis Center LLC is the country's premier tax resolution company. Unlike other tax resolution companies that will take your money and do nothing for you, once we are retained, we go to work. We get results for our clients and will handle your IRS problem professionally and expeditiously. Don't let the IRS push you around anymore. Give us a call at 1-855-IRS-2911. Email us at help at taxcrisiscenter.com or visit us on the web at www.taxcrisiscenter.com and let your voice be heard. CWS EAPA is a financial services company specializing in taxation and tax-related issues. Tax planning is a year-round activity. The biggest mistake that people make is thinking about taxes during tax time. When you have a complex tax situation, you need to plan for taxes on a year-round basis. Our specialty is mitigating our clients' tax obligations through careful tax planning. Tax avoidance is legal. Call us today at one. 1-844-CWS-EAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can visit us on the web at cwseapa.com or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Put us to work for you today. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsis Smalley.
Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal, and today we're talking about uh, federal tax liens. I want to remind everybody that our call-in number is one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You can also visit us on the web at taxavoidanceislegal.com or email your questions to us at info@taxavoidanceislegal.com. We realize a lot of you're at work, and uh, it may be easier for you to email us your confidential questions. So please do. And uh, speaking of questions, we do have a question. Craig, um, we have a question from Alex in Southern California. Alex says, uh, Southern California? Southern California. Just not, not, no specific place, just it, the region of Southern California. He actually put in Alex in SoCal. So, SoCal. Okay. SoCal. Yeah, All right. Alex. Okay. All right. All right, Alex. How you doing? You're up early, huh? <laughs> so Alex states that he got a tax lien filed against him, and all of a sudden he's getting letters, postcards, and phone calls. So one place he called told him that they could settle his tax bill for less than what he owed, um, but that they would charge him about 8% of that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, well there's so many different thoughts I have on that. Number one, um, it's illegal to um, base your fee on what you're saving a client. So that goes against Circular 230. And if somebody's doing that to you, they can lose their license and then be per- permanently disbarred from uh, the uh, from practice before the Internal Revenue Service. Number two, before somebody is taking a look at your situation, there's absolutely no way that they can assess whether they can save you money or whether they can settle for less than what you owe. But there is... Um, a program out there called an offer and compromise. If you owe a lot of money in taxes, you may be able to settle it for um, for less than than what you owe. But not everybody qualifies for that. So um, in this particular case, um, my thoughts are be be very afraid of that because unless they've assessed your situation, they have no idea. And you know, I'll let you know. Um, you know, just just until they've assessed your situation, there's there is no there's nothing anybody can do. Yeah, there are so many unscru- unscrupulous people out there, and uh, unfortunately, they prey on folks who you know they find out might have tax liens. And like you said, it uh, I'd definitely be cautious uh, with this particular company that's uh, contacted you um, in in your case, Alex. So yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, um, I know that you're itching to talk a little bit about uh, Tax Crisis Center um, because we, you know, we do run a um, business that does handle um, IRS and, and tax representation. So, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, actually, I would. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a thing. So, Tax Crisis Center it was in the making for about oh six, seven, eight years before it actually launched. And basically what was happening was tax resolution was kind of like a new thing um, at that time. And what was happening was people were coming in and they were charging uh, large sums of money. They're still doing it. They're charging large sums of money to take care of something that was um, you know, like a tax lien or, you know, something like that. And, and, you know, what they were doing was a lot of these places were taking the money and they were out doing absolutely nothing. So, you know, I had a client come to me about eight years ago that, you know, this actually happened to, and they came to me and they're like, please help me. There's, you know, there's, I just need help. And unfortunately, a lot of people that are in that situation, they just need help. I mean, and unfortunately, there's a lot of sharks out there. So, 
So I decided that I was going to start a company called Tax Crisis Center, and I did. And it's kind of um, it's an ethical uh, tax resolution firm. I mean, you know, we uh, we you know we we found a way to be ethical in, in tax resolution, which is very hard to find and we also have found a way to to make money out of it as well so that's something that was very near and dear to my heart because by the time somebody's called you you know they've you know who knows why they haven't paid their tax bills anything could have happened or mm-hmm. you know something like that and they're just they're really desperate by the time they they call you and you know to sit there and and prey on them is just absolutely horrible and it it just disgusted me and that's that's why you know yeah. it's here Absolutely. And, you know, the thing I love best, honestly, about Tax Crisis Center is, um, you know, our motto, you know, is uh, let your voice be heard. And and that's definitely something that we take seriously. Um, folks are out there who need help and we want to help to let their voice be heard. And we're not Absolutely. out there to take advantage of them. And unfortunately, there's a lot of folks out there. Um, there's there is a lot of folks out there who smell the money, you know, the smell the money yeah. that can be made. So it's kind of like uh like the sharks just uh, smelling the blood out there in in the ocean. So you got to be careful. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how tax liens are filed and what can the IRS do with a tax lien. Um, can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, so the basic function of a tax lien being filed is they go down to the to the county court of you know whatever county you're in and they file a uh, a lien with the clerk of the court and then that becomes public information and then um, your credit report picks that up as well. So it's on your credit report as well and that's something and then um, you know, with that, they can start garnishing your wages. They can start levying your bank accounts, and they can actually start seizing your assets. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of uh, horror stories out there about uh, the IRS taking people's homes and cars. So, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a lot of Hollywood. I think, um, you know, to be honest with you, and I was I was doing statistics when I was prepping for this show. When I looked at the statistics on, you know, how many homes were actually taken in, in the past years, and do you know that uh, people that have uh, that have liens against them, it's less than a than a quarter of a percent of the uh, of, of people's homes that are actually taken. But usually, when they do that, now we live in Florida, so our situation is a little bit different and this is where you should talk to somebody that is in your um you know you, you know your state but in florida your homestead is protected in florida so that's mm-hmm. something that you know that's why oj moved here is because his homestead was protected okay. in florida it's yeah. very true i'm not no, i know I know so, you're not joking. Um, but your, your homestead is protected in Florida, but in places I've represented people in Alabama and different places where it's not. And, you know, basically it's just the IRS trying to get your attention is basically all it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it works as a great scare tactic. I mean, nobody, wants, nobody wants to have their home or car or belongings taken. Um, oh, well, what's worse? What's worse is if you're self-employed, and you have accounts receivable on your books, the IRS can step in and go to every one of your customers and say, hey, don't pay this person, pay us. You have yeah. to pay us. And that's embarrassing. So now your customers know. It's it's very embarrassing to, to have this go on. It really is. Um, and, uh, you know, 
you hear a lot about it, but I think, like you said, it's a small percentage that it actually happens to. But you brought some brought up something uh, important. Um, this is where it really is important for you to talk to somebody who has knowledge. Um, you know, if if you if you have something like this going on, definitely talk to a professional that is aware of what your rights are and what the IRS can and can't do. Because, uh, like you mentioned, in Florida. There are certain things that might not apply in other states. So speaking to somebody who uh, has that knowledge is uh, really important. Yeah, and this is something that you may want to be. Yeah, because every state is different. So right. you've got to be you've got to be very you know. Well, what about wage garnishments and bank levies? That's something that uh, you hear a lot about as well, and you'll hear it a lot in, in these commercials. You know, if you're up late at night, you'll see these all these uh, IRS. Uh, representation companies out there and then they'll talk about wage garnishments and bank levies and you know it sounds pretty scary can you talk a little bit about how uh, wage uh, garnishments and bank levies work yeah the, so basically when when the IRS has a lien they go in and they try to uh, collect on that lien so um, they, they will go in and they'll garnish your wages so they'll go to your employer because they know where you work right um, well typically you know because you filed a tax return and you told them where they work where you where you work and they'll go to your employer and they'll say hey you know they'll take you know a percentage of your uh, of your wages and um, that's it but I I want to let you know that the IRS doesn't view that as a means to an end. They just view it as trying to get your attention. And then a bank levy is just simply where they come in and levy all, everything out of your bank account. Oh. And what do you do if that happens to you? Is there a way to get a levy or garnishment stopped? Yeah, there are. Absolutely. I mean, the, the number one way to get all of that stopped is you obviously pay the taxes that you owe, uh, right? And that'll, that'll stop it. Another way to stop it is just to make arrangements with the IRS to um, do an installment arrangement or, or something like that. Um, sometimes you actually have to get um, the taxpayer advocate involved to basically the best way to explain the taxpayer advocate is they're the police of the IRS. So um, sometimes you have to get them involved, but most times you have to, this isn't something that you should do yourself because you have to know what they can do and what they can't do, but um, it, it's it's something that you should really hire a professional to do. Yeah, we did get a question that came in, and one of the reasons I wanted to kind of uh, steer things towards, uh, towards uh, the wage garnishments is... Uh, Thomas in Lakeland says, uh, he sent in this question, says that his paycheck got garnished three months ago. He hired a tax firm to fix it. They took $4,000 and his wages are still getting garnished. Do you have any advice for him? Yeah, try to get your money back. I mean, what did you pay them for? I mean, yeah, th this is what I was talking about. There's just so many sharks out there. Um, you know, my advice to you is is try to get your money back from this place and um, hire somebody that will actually do something and 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 get the get the wage garnishment stopped because they they can garnish up to seventy five percent of your paycheck. I mean, and obviously you can't live on twenty five percent of what you make. So um, you know, go find somebody that can that can handle this for you, or you can basically simply pick up the phone and make arrangements with the IRS yourself. You don't really, I mean, you shouldn't do that. You should have representation, but you know how you know i guess the question would be how do you know who's representing you if they're you know qualified or or any of that i guess just by asking a bunch of questions i guess but um yeah but get it taken care of
That was going to be my my kind of my follow up, um, you know, in terms of um, one of the things I tell folks because you know when when people find out what we do for a living, inevitably uh, almost everybody has some kind of a IRS question or tax situation because everybody. Well, has what's to funny? What's deal funny about it. that? What's funny about that is my son is 17 and he's a senior in high school and his uh, basketball coach had a tax question for me yesterday or the other day. That was kind of funny. So I told him, I said, you'll learn not to tell people what I do for a living because inevitably they have tax questions. Inevitably. It's a good thing we enjoy. I love it. I absolutely (laughs) love it. Yeah. It's, it's great. a great thing. We love what we do, but um, definitely, I always tell people, you know, because they'll say, "How do I? How do? How do you know that these companies out there are not legitimate or aren't going to steal your money?" And uh, it, like anything else, you wouldn't just hire any lawyer off the street. So I think that it's important that you do your research. You know, you read up, you. yeah, read up on the company. Uh, go online, take a look, see if there's any reviews. Uh, ask around. Maybe somebody can recommend a company. Um, I know. Take the name. Take the name of the company. And Google that with ripoff report. That's always a good one. Um, I, I do that all the time. So see if you know. See if they have a good you know rating with the Better Business Bureau or or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Now, oftentimes, if you just put in a company's name and the word scam or ripoff after it, if if there's been a, a report of any ripoff or scam, it, it'll usually come up. So, you know, that might be one way to kind of steer steer away from those those companies that kind of are red flagged out there. But uh, definitely do your research and don't just uh, don't just call the the first place you see an ad for uh, on TV. And and obviously, when you're getting that much money and you're giving somebody four thousand dollars, you want something in writing and you know absolutely yeah what they're able to do for you um and on that note i think it's time for us to take just a little break want to remind everybody that they can call in with their questions at 1-888-GO-FOR-IT or 1-888-463-6748 or send us an email to info at taxavoidanceslegal.com and uh, when we return more about tax liens Forming a corporation or LLC can separate personal assets from your business assets. No matter what state your business operates in, forming a corporation or LLC in Nevada, Delaware, or Florida has benefits. For example, forming a corporation in Nevada offers privacy and no corporate income tax. Forming a corporation in Delaware can give you the legal protection of the state of Delaware, which is business friendly. On top of the legal reasons to form a corporation, there are tax benefits as well. Give us a call today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Come and see what you've been missing. Payroll can be a nightmare for a small business. When you have employees, you have to pay them periodically, pay the taxes associated with them, and file quarterly tax reports with the Internal Revenue Service and the state that your business operates in. Our payroll is seamless. It is done through a cloud-based system. All you do is put in what you are paying your employees and approve your payroll. We handle the rest. Our fees are lower than the national payroll companies, too. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA 
or 1-844-297-3272. Or visit us on the web at cwseapapayrollservice.com. At Albertus Business Services Incorporated, we view ourselves as your internal bookkeeping department and are always improving ways to leverage proven cloud technologies to streamline and improve the efficiency of our outsourced services. With an in-house bookkeeper, you would run the cost of about 45000 a year. But with our monthly services, it would be a fraction of that cost. Let us help you with the tedious, time-consuming side of your business so you can focus on growing your business. Call us today at one 695 6658 Our website is com or email com. Your success is our business. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsa Smalley. Welcome back to uh, Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today we've been talking about uh, federal tax liens. And uh, as uh, as always, I want to remind everybody that we are live on the air and you can call in to one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. And you can also email us your questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And, uh, Craig, we do have a question that just came in from Alan in Tulsa. Uh, Alan says that he hasn't filed uh, tax returns in five years because he knows that he owes a lot of money. Um, he got a notice last week from the IRS about his 2012 tax return. He says he did not file it, but he is getting notices about amounts owed, and he's not sure why. Oh, well, I'll tell you why. Um Basically, the IRS gets copies of all of your W-2s that have been filed. They get copies of all your 1099s that have been filed. And eventually, if you don't file your tax return, they'll do it for you. So they'll, and it's never in your favor. And that's something called a substitute for return or SFR is, is how we refer to it. So what the IRS did is they basically filed SFRs for the 2012 year. So, um, you've got to go in there and file those taxes because I'm sure that that you had some expenses or something that went against that income and the IRS doesn't have any of that. So that's why um, a return that the IRS um, files on your behalf is never in your favor. So um, go back and get those tax returns done immediately. Well, um, I know the answer to this question before I ask it, but for the benefit of the audience, is there um, some sort of statute of limitations on the IRS collecting money? Yes, there is, there is a statute of limitation. So the IRS has 10 years from the time that a tax has been assessed to, to collect it. All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot out there, you know, that folks don't know. So I always like to clarify stuff like that. Now, are there any things that you can do to extend that time? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So if you, um, yeah, one of the big things you can do to extend your time, and we'll go back to Alan's question. Um, Alan, when they filed that SFR, the substitute for return, like I was talking about, the statute of limitations never started. So because you never really filed a return, they just filed it for you. So that's why I'm telling you to go back and file those returns because it'll start the statute. Now, things that you can do to extend that time would be filing for an installment arrangement. 
arrangement. So if you go to the IRS and you ask them to make um, installments on the amount of tax that you owe, that extends the statute by two years. And then another thing that extends a statute is an offer and compromise where you're offering the IRS less money and they're compromising the debt. That's also um, tolls. It also extends the time of the statute of limitations, and it extends it by the amount of time that the IRS was looking at the uh, the offer, which is usually about a year, and um, that's basically – so, yeah, there are things you can do to extend the time. And, and that's also important for folks to be aware of because, um, you know, that kind of commits them as well to make sure they – uh, you know, they keep all their ducks in in, in a row. Yeah. So, yeah. So the Very IRS, fun. yeah, because the IRS will make these deals with you where you pay them an installment. They'll also, you know, they might, you know, you might offer them less than um, what your actual debt is, but you have responsibilities along there. So, for instance, if you're in an installment arrangement, what you're agreeing to is this was a one-time thing that you did to mess up. So what you're agreeing to is that you will file all of your tax returns and pay the tax on time. If you don't, it'll undo the uh, installment sale. And then if you do an offer and compromise, let's say that you owe 500000 and the IRS comes in and I'm going to just throw a number out there and they settle for $25,000. let us just say that happens. So um, when that happens, then what, you, what you're agreeing to is for the next five years, there's going to be a lien against you. And for the next five years, you have to file your tax returns on time and pay any taxes that are due. If you don't, it'll undo the offer. So those are things to keep in mind. And somebody, when they're, when they're telling you we can do an installment arrangement or we can do an offer and compromise, they should tell you all of that because you're losing some rights in doing those. Absolutely. That's, that's why I wanted to point that out. Cause, uh, I mean, I don't, I know we are, we're always really great and really, uh, you know, detailed when we talk with folks, uh, who, who we help through Tax Crisis Center. Uh, I know that, that you, Craig, are very detailed and let them know exactly what, what this means, uh, how, how long they're kind of committed to this deal for, how it affects them. But, uh, I mean, I don't, who knows what, what folks are hearing out there from other companies. And sometimes I've, I've seen where, uh, People have come to us. Uh, they've got, you know gotten in some kind of a bad deal with another uh, tax resolution company who never explained any of these things to them. So it's always uh, something that you need to keep in mind and ask questions if you don't know. Ask ask a lot of questions because yes. uh, you're not going to get anything without giving something up. So it's always important to know exactly what your responsibilities are and what you're giving up as well uh, exactly. to the IRS. Exactly. So, uh, so I've got I've got some things I wanted to bring up to you. Uh, let's say that you have a client that comes in with a letter from their bank stating that they are under levy from a bank. Uh, what happens uh, on your end? What do I do? Is that the question? What happens on my end? Well, um, the levy will state that uh, – So, and this has happened to me before. Basically, they'll come in with a letter from the bank. So the IRS will go to the bank and they will seize uh, the money in the account that is in the bank at that time payable to them in 21 days. So um, you have 21 days to do something so they release that, that levy and, and give you your money back. But if you don't, um, they're going to take the money. So on my end, what I do 
do, the first thing I do is call the taxpayer advocate. Um, I always go to the taxpayer advocate first or I try to make arrangements with the IRS or something within that 21-day period to stop the levy from actually happening. But it's very hard to get the levy to stop, just, you know, to be honest with you. So um, it's something that you want to you wanna make sure that you have some alternate something for the IRS, whether it be an installment or, or something else. So, wait, do, do they leave any money in the bank account when they do something like this? Just enough to pay the bank fees. That's it. How, how convenient. <laughs> so, yeah. so what, you know, what, I, I guess it's, it's wow, that's, that's eye-opening. Um, what, is, what else can they do? What, what else can you do to help them out? Is that pretty much it when it comes to... Yeah, um, well, you know, getting the taxpayer advocate involved right away is something that I always do, even if I don't need them yet, because I will need them because, um, you know, any deal that I'm trying to work out, we'll see, you know, what the, the IRS will go for and what they won't go for. But it's something that it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of work uh, to get one of those to stop. So it's something that um, and it's very it's very serious. So. And is the process the same with a wage garnishment? No, the process is completely different with the wage garnishment. So on a wage garnishment, what happens is your employer is informed that they have to um, take a percentage of your check and, and give to the IRS every year. And then what's bad about that is the employer is allowed to charge you for doing that. So they oh, can wow. charge you. Yeah. So the IRS, there's a set number that the IRS allows the employer to to charge the employee. So they really kick you while you're down. But um, to stop, yeah, to, to stop a wage garnishment, um, you know, you would have to make some sort of arrangement with the IRS, whether it be an installment arrangement or an offering compromise or some kind of arrangement with them. So basically, they can, they, uh, the employer's allowed to be, to charge you basically like an inconvenience fee for having to, to handle the, the wage garnishment, right? Yeah, for the most part. And I believe it's, I want to say it's $20, but I don't remember because I haven't seen one of those in a really long time. But mm-hmm. um, it's something like right around that, like $20 per pay period or something like that. Wow, that is kicking you while you're down. So how much can they take with a wage garnishment? I think you mentioned earlier something like 75% or? 70, 75% of your check they can take, yeah. Wow, that, that would not be good. I mean, how do you make ends meet if you, you know? Well, again, 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 let's go back to the beginning. This is all about the IRS just trying to get your attention. They're not looking at this as a means to an end. They're looking at this to get your attention. But you would be shocked at how many people are sitting there right now on wage garnishments that don't have to be on wage garnishments. They just don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't. So, um, so if you have a wage garnishment or something, pick up the phone, call somebody, get rid of it. I mean, you know, the IRS again is just trying to get your attention. Absolutely. Don't just stand by and let it happen to you. You have rights and there are things that, that can be done to help you. So, um, you know, if you don't know where to turn, you know, give us a call. We're always happy to help. Um, but on that note, it's about time for us to take a quick little break. And uh, when we come back, we'll keep on talking about this. Uh, we have some really good questions that have come in. Um, we want to remind you that you can give us a call at one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, or email us to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And we'll be back shortly. Mm-hmm. 
Craig Smalley is the author of 12 books regarding taxation. Two of his books have been revised this year. It starts with an idea revised edition takes you through the startup of a company. It talks about taxes, entity structuring, the IRS, and so much more. The Complete Guide to Estate, Gifts, and Trust Taxation revised edition is about how to navigate the complex estate tax. Both books have just been released by CWSEAPA Publishing, LLC, and are on sale now at Amazon.com. If you are a business that has outgrown your accountant but are not big enough for one of the big four accounting firms, CWSEAPA Consulting may be perfect for you. We specialize in tax consulting for small to medium-sized businesses. We can advise you on whether it is time to start a holding company or management company to mitigate your tax liability. We can advise you on whether it is a good time to expand your business, hire employees, buy equipment, or lease equipment. There are different tax reasons to do different things. Let our over 22 years of experience work for you. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can email us at info at cwseapa.com or visit us on the web at cwseapa.com. We're doing something amazing and we want you to be a part of it. With so many choices when looking for quality investment advice, you owe it to yourself to seek a professional who has your best interests at heart. At J.B. Meridian Advisors, we don't sell products that generate commissions or have hidden fees. Client assets are never locked up in illiquid investments that could take months or years to access, or worse, charge a penalty to sell in an emergency. Our simple structure aligns the interests of our clients with our interests by charging a flat fee based on the assets we manage. As your portfolio value increases, our firm grows. Call J.B. Meridian Advisors now at 877-398-0051 or visit us online at jbmeridian.com. Now, let's get back to Craig and Dulcis Smalley for more of Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Um, today we've been talking about federal tax liens, and uh, I always remind everyone that they can give us a call at one eight 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 go for it or email us at info at taxavoidancesleagal.com, and we will be sure to try to fit all your questions in and get them answered on the air. And yeah, and this to- is this is my favorite part of the show. It's just <laughs> nothing but questions. So this is amazing. I love this part of the show. We've gotten quite a few questions in, so I hope you're ready, Craig. I am. Absolutely ready. Let's go for it. <laughs> All right. We've got a question from uh, Jasmine from Tampa, and uh, she's been listening to the show, and uh, she's a little scared. She wanted to know, um, can you, uh, can the, let's see, can the IRS and also um, student loans both take your check at the same time? Yes. Yeah, they're two completely different organizations, Jess. Absolutely, oh yeah. So you can have four or five people garnishing your check at one time, yeah, because they don't. Yeah, it's not the same people that are garnishing. So, yes, absolutely. Sounds like everyone's after Yasmin's money. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Oh, Yasmin, you got to give us a call, and we will be happy to help you out. Um, we've got a question here um, from Joe in Tampa, also in Tampa. Maybe he knows Jasmine. He Maybe. wants to know, um, is it criminal to not pay your taxes? 
you would think this is a very simple yes or no question, right? Yeah, I would think so. But it's not. It isn't. So for the most part, no, it's not criminal to pay your taxes. So if you don't pay your taxes, they're not going to come and, and lock you up and put you in prison. However, um, that is um, just regular income tax. Now, employer taxes is something completely different because you're um, if you don't pay your employees tax. So if you're an employer of somebody, you withhold taxes from your employees saying you're supposed to pay that off to the government. If you don't pay it off to the government, the IRS can come in and get you criminally. And guess what they can get you for, Bells? What's that? embezzling money from the United States Treasury. So don't ever get caught with that. So how many times have you heard me tell businesses the IRS takes payroll seriously? So you should, too. Yeah, all the time. Every day, every single day. So, yeah, be very careful with that. Mm, definitely. All right. We got a lot of questions, so I'm going to go on to the next one. Bob in New York City says that he worked for an employer that didn't pay their payroll taxes. He signed a payroll tax form, and now the IRS is trying to hold him responsible for the unpaid taxes. Is that legal? Yes. Yeah. So anybody that had any financial control over the business, even just simply signing a payroll tax return would make you responsible for the taxes. Now, if the IRS is getting that desperate and they're going after people that are just simply signed one payroll tax and want one payroll tax return in one quarter, that means that the real people that they're trying to hold responsible, they can't for some reason. So um, so they must have good representation or something is going on there, but they're trying to hold somebody responsible. Why do you think that they hold somebody responsible, Belsus? Why is that? Very simply, very simply this. If I own a corporation or an LLC, and let's go back to our first show, the entity planning. So mm -hmm. um, let's go back to that just for a moment and just say that if you form a corporation or an LLC, remember they're in and of themselves. And if somebody sues for the assets of the LLC or the corporation, they can only go after the assets of that, right? right. So, yeah. So if I owed payroll taxes and the IRS couldn't hold somebody personally responsible, well, my corporation or my LLC could just go out of business and the IRS could never tax those taxes, right? Right. That's why they try to hold somebody personally responsible. And it's usually somebody that has some financial control over the business. Now, if you're just a bookkeeper, if you're just a bookkeeper or something like that for a business and you sign checks, if you sign the payroll checks or you directed the payroll uh, checks or checks to be written or things like that, then absolutely you could be held responsible. So if you're in a job like that, be very careful. Make sure those payroll taxes are being paid, you know, but typically what they'll do is they'll go after the owners of the business. But if they're going down to a level um, and that was Bob, um, yeah, Bob, um, if, if we're, they're going down to your level, Bob, it's because they can't find anybody else to hold responsible. So get mm -hmm. representation because you can get out of that. Yeah, it sounds like they're just going down the line. Huh? Absolutely. Bob had no idea. He simply signed a payroll tax return, and he may have signed it just because there was nobody there that day to sign it, you know, and it sounds like he only did one, so. Poor Bob. Yeah. Be careful what you sign. Be in the very future, Bob. careful. Be very yeah. careful. Wow. Well, that's that's really uh, going to, I think that's going to open up uh, some eyes out there, anyone who's listening. They're going to start paying attention to Absolutely. what they're signing. Absolutely. Yeah, sure, please do. Yes, make sure do. you know what's going on in that office. Um, 
So Owen in Santa Fe says that he paid this company 10000 for an offer and compromise. Uh, not only did the IRS turn down his request, but he says the IRS started a levy on his bank account. What can he do now? Well, we're back to me being upset. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Owen, I'm really sorry. Listen, I'm going to tell you how this works. When you file for an offer and compromise, and I want to let you know that a lot of the, um, a lot of the tax resolution firms will go right to an offer and compromise, and they go right to an offer and compromise. Why do you think, Bells? Why? Because they can charge more for it. So, as you can see, they charge this guy $10,000 and, um, you know, they charge him $10,000. And not only did the IRS, you know, they turned down his request, but now he's also told them where everything is. So when you file an offer and compromise, you got to give your bank account numbers. You got to give your employer. You got to give them or you have to give everything about your assets. So. If they turn down the offer, the IRS now knows where to go and garnish, and they know where to levy, and they know all of that. So you've got to be very careful about those offers. You know, Belsis, when we talk to somebody, I will not file an offer unless I think it has an 85% chance of getting through, and only 30% of offers that are filed are accepted. So um, be very careful with those offers. Be very careful on the pennies on the dollar, people. Be very careful. Yeah, if it sounds uh, too good sometimes, it might be. Definitely yeah. make sure that you're working with a reputable company. Um, have a couple more questions here. Um, we've got Lola from Miami. She wanted to know if uh, her husband died. Uh, is the it, it, you know if if a husband dies, is the wife responsible for the rest of the IRS bill? If I guess they owe taxes. Oh, that's that's a very good question. It depends. It really depends. So, yeah, so this is kind of interesting. I, I got to tell you something. I just wrote an article about this that will be published in Accounting Web. So, yeah, this is this is very, very interesting. So, yeah, I um, mean, there was, a, there was a, a tax court case about this. So about 10 years ago, what used to happen was um, when we used to file um, these uh, 2848 form 2848 which is a power of, of attorney and declaration for representative when we used to file those they used to be joint POAs if they were married so the husband and wife would choose the same representative right so um, now we file them separately the husband and wife had the right to the to their own representative and what that really did and that was about 10 years ago is the husband and wife had their own separate tax obligation so if it, if the tax obligation was was the husband, um, for instance, he was self-employed and they owed this a lot of money and then they filed a joint return. If you filed a joint return with your husband, yes, you are responsible for those taxes. Can you get out of them? Yes, if you filed an injured spouse claim. Absolutely. You didn't know anything about it. You had no idea that that, that, that went on. Yes, you can get yourself out of it, but you need to find somebody that knows how to do that. But yes, you can absolutely get out of it. But a lot of times, and you'll hear me tell people about this, the only time married filing separately is the worst way to file. And if you open up Publication 17, that's your federal income tax. It's a it's a publication that shows you how to do your federal income tax. So in there, even they, even the IRS tells you married filing separately is the worst way to file. But if you're filing with a spouse that owes a bunch of money or you don't want to be responsible for that tax return, absolutely you filed, you file separately, always. And I, I missed a little other part in her question where it says that she uh, had never, she didn't have a job, so she didn't work, but does that, does that make a difference? 
Yeah, she wasn't responsible for anything. Mm-hmm. No, even better yeah, so case for her. Go then. back, go back and file that injured spouse claim and get out of it. Absolutely. We don't have a much time left. Uh, let's see here. Um, maybe have enough time for one last question. Um, let's see here. Oh, Gregory in Orlando wants to know what you thought of the rest of the draft with the Bucks. Oh, the yucks. Well, they guess what they did. You're never going to guess what the yucks did. The yucks, they took a kicker, a kicker in the second round. A kicker. A kicker. A kicker. Usually the last person in the draft, they call Mr. Irrelevant, is a kicker. And we take one in the second round. I, it, was, it was such a happy day to be a, to be a Yucks fan. So I got to tell you, it was something else. I can't wow. believe they took a kicker. Yeah, in the second I mean, round. They, they realize that this does nothing to help their reputation. <laughs> well, they come back. Now they come back and they say this guy had more points in college football history and this. I don't care. He's a kicker. He's irrelevant so obviously i guess the proof will be in the pudding and when it comes down to uh to a kick to see if they win the super bowl or not and this guy makes it i'll be happy then maybe but well, if he doesn't oh boy he's not abso- oh absolutely second round pick yeah have That's to move horrible. out of town for sure <laughs> horrible oh yeah they'll run him out of tampa in a second yeah, for sure well uh this is going to conclude today's show if we didn't get to your emailed questions on the air we will definitely email you back remember to visit us at uh www.taxavoidanceislegal.com and email your questions through the week um, to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com and tune in next week uh, when we're going to be talking about a subject that I think will be challenging for Craig, which is, uh, do you want to tell him, Craig? Yeah, it is. It's going to be very challenging to put the notes together for that. Tax deductions for self-employed individuals. I am putting myself out there completely with this subject matter because this is something that somebody will come to me and say, what is deductible? And it really all depends. So I'm going to do my best to sort of sum everything up for you. That's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be challenging. Well, this show, as I mentioned, is sponsored by Tax Crisis Central LLC and CWSCAPA LLP. We are a nationally recognized brand of accounting, tax, and financial services. You can give us a call at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 844-297-3272. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward to next week's show. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.